Hey, Ramon. Hey, Timea. Let's talk gender equality. I love the idea. Give me a second. I just got to grab my coffee. I hope you've got yours too. Yeah, right here. Hello to all our podcasters. Hi, Ramon. Hey, Timea, and welcome, Christina. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Do you have a nickname, Christina? Not officially, no. But on social media, I do, I do use a nickname, but I'm not going to say it. People have to find it out. Okay. <laughs> it sounds funny if you say it out loud, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but I am going to call you Chris, though, right? That's yeah, that's from. fine. I don't really consider that a nickname. It's just a short version of my name. So. <laughs> okay, thanks for um, being on our podcast. Um, you are our first guest. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really, really honored to have that badge. Thank you. As are we. We are so excited that you agreed to, to come and chat with us a little bit about what you've been doing and how um, your efforts towards gender diversity and, and um, equality have continued forward. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm super humbled. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, Chris, um, we go back a long time, uh, but still... Uh, we would like our podcasters to get to know you a little bit better. So let's just start with uh, loose three random things about you. Hmm. Um, I am a very big plant mama and I've always been a plant mama, but I kind of really gave into this hobby during the quarantine. So now in a, a small apartment, I am the proud owner of over 50 plants. And this collection wow. is, is probably not going to become any smaller. Um, I only learned how to ride a bike this year. So I'm very proud of myself. Oh, wow. It was February, it was raining and I just bought a bike and I went out and learned it. And after I learned how to ride a bike, I have not ridden a bike anymore because <laughs> it was only the challenge. It was just doing it. And yeah, but it was also the lockdown. Yes, that's true. And a third random fact is that I know a lot of random facts. Like I know where cichlids come from and I know which two lakes in Africa have the most amounts of cichlids and I know what <laughs> water pH uh, uh, water should have for certain several fish types um, to live comfortably or, yes, you know, random. random facts, mostly about animals. Um, yeah, big animal fan. Although Feel I don't free to drop some of them. <laughs> in I the know, call. I, I we don't mind. Ones, most of the ones I know are dirty animal facts. So ah. probably not the best uh, medium to, to drop I, some of my facts. Because I was about to ask, what is your favorite one? But I think we might not be able to air it in that case. No, no. I mean, I can say <laughs> it and you can cut it out. But I don't know if you want the work. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let's... Let's go back to our a cup of coffee and tea. Yes. <laughs> uh, and to our uh, gender equality topic. So one of the main reasons what, why we've invited you today is because you took the challenge in 2016 to organize uh, one of the yearly Women Tech Makers Vienna conferences. So you were what we call a main organizer. Yes. Um, and I'd like to... Focus a bit on the years that you did a lot of volunteering in different organizations where we also met um, and then converged to the topic of gender equality. Why did you get involved back then and 
then going into what does it mean for you now with the role that you have. So let's just talk mm. freely with, tell me about your volunteering years. <laughs> so uh, finally, it started during high school. In coming from Romania, we were encouraged to volunteer, especially if we wanted to go abroad at some point. And I started volunteering um, at Habitat for Humanity. Um, they oh. build houses uh, for underprivileged people or people who can't afford to get a loan uh, via normal channels. So they still have to pay for their house, but they only pay for the materials. All of the construction work is done by volunteers. And I was one of those volunteers. I had a chance to meet a lot of international people. Uh, a lot of companies are doing team building events where they go and build houses. Um, so it was a really, really cool experience. And you really felt that you're doing something that matters. Um, and in that period, I realized that very often the people who were applying for these houses were also uh, um, either single mothers or women who were fleeing oh. from abusive situations or um, where they were the stay-at-home mom because they had to be the stay-at-home mom because the husband was the only one who could have a job or who could afford to have a job and someone had to stay at home um, to take care of the kids. So it wasn't, I was a bit too young to kind of understand that this has to do with gender equality. Um, mm -hmm. But thinking back, you know, hindsight is always 2020. So thinking back, I kind of noticed this as well. And then I continued my volunteer path also during my student years um, in a, an organization called Board of European Students of Technology, where we also yeah. met actually. Best, and best. <laughs> it's also funny because it's a technical student organization, but I was studying economics, so not really technical. But um, right. I mean, I was also doing construction work during my high school years. So, you know, a lot of random stuff about me. <laughs> and I met a lot of different people during that my time in that organization obviously women in, in stem and women in technology is a big topic and i think oftentimes people forget that it starts at a very early age so when you're already a student or when you're already working as a woman in stem uh, or tech you don't it's it's perhaps sometimes a bit too late to kind of learn new things or to or it's very difficult to get rid of all the societal input that you've gotten over the past two years even if it's in your subconscious because you can't really you just it's a feeling and very oftentimes it's difficult to put into words so Mm -hmm. Obviously, meeting a lot of women who were studying tech uh, or studying IT, computer science, machine uh, engineering, or whatever, I started to get a different feeling about it. I never really considered myself a woman in tech because I was studying economics, and most people who study economics are women. Um, even though most guys who win Nobel Prizes, uh, most people who win Nobel Prizes for economics are guys. Very interesting. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> True. So, um, but with the student organization with BEST, yeah. you had more exposure to the technical domains. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, have, I started having more and more discussions and putting myself in the shoes or finding myself in the shoes of women in tech because I was suddenly being considered a woman in tech simply because I was volunteering in that organization. Right. And growing up, one of the, let's say, unintended positive consequences of communism in Romania is that 
people of my our generation who grew up they were never mm -hmm. really discouraged from studying anything technical because during mm -hmm. communism it was you just do the thing you do it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a, a man um so i never yeah, there really was felt less yeah. of a bias basically exactly everyone was equal everyone was the same mm -hmm. And I never really had that feeling that I'm different or that I can't do what I want because of my gender. And funnily enough, I started realizing this more and more in the Western world after moving to Vienna and volunteering more and more in these types of organizations. And then with you, your help... Yeah? You did the volunteering in BEST, you did in Vienna. I started in Romania, but most of it okay. was here in Vienna. Uh, I started in Romania, yeah, but most of it was here in Vienna. So I okay. was part of the board here at the Technical University, um, yeah. and I did a lot more events. And then the next step with your help was to go into Women Technikers and being part of the organization team and then actually being the main organizer one year. But anyway, it was obviously a team effort. You can't organize an event like that by yourself. It's, it's insane. Um, I think Ramon was already there by then, 2016. I, I don't so, think so. I think your sister, Pilar, was there. Pilar ah. was an organizer. I, <laughs> yeah. I think I might have attended. 2016, was that the one in Microsoft? Yeah. Yeah, no, but I sadly didn't make it to Microsoft. that one. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was a good event. Uh, and yeah, it just kind of it reinforced my belief that, okay, there is something wrong in this environment and we should talk about it and we should address it. And obviously then I started working in technical startups where there, the, the disparity continues. So um, I try also to do within my company or um, talking to other women in other companies, we're trying to maybe build something up now where we can support each other and mm -hmm. where we continue having these conversations so that, as I said, all of the things that you learn and you have stored in your subconscious can come out and be broken and that you can grow as a woman in tech. So um, it, from your story, it seems like a natural flow that you went into women tech makers where you could maybe get a better influence over the situation or understand it more. And back then you were already working with startups, right? As I yes. remember. Yes, you I were was. So I started at a startup, then I moved on to an incubator uh, right. where I saw different kinds of startups and now I'm at a scale up former <laughs> startup. Depends on your definition. Everyone has their own <laughs> definition of a startup. <laughs> okay, so you're very much uh, anchored in the startup ecosystem and you know the issues um, for women in startups and you are in a tech startup. Mm. Um, yes, very much. Okay. And you said that you're looking to network people and women that are in this situation. Yeah, so uh, there was this plan with a friend of mine, Laura, from MindMeister, which is also quite a successful startup. You should have her as well on. Uh, she's, uh, we are talking now to uh, make our own little, probably a meetup at the beginning to kind of assess a bit the environment of women in startups and mm -hmm. see what they need and continue. Um, I think the big difference that we, how we want to do things is a lot of these events focusing on supporting women in tech are women only. 
And if you have a conversation mm -hmm. about a problem, but you only talk amongst yourselves, it's very difficult to get the word out. And oftentimes you need to have the, the word women in the name, for example, because you need to make it clear that you want to target women, but having the name or the word women discourages a lot of men from attending because yes. they have the feeling that it's only for women. So and this you learn to... probably from, from women tech makers. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> because we were trying a lot to get men as well to the event. And yes. we actually heard the feedback that, but I thought it's a women-only event because it has yeah. women in the name. Yeah, so that's we're trying kind of now where... followed us for a while. Exactly, yeah. So we're trying now to, we're only in the brainstorm phase, um, but we're trying to start up something and see if it works. And obviously we're focusing first on, on Emiline and MindMeister because we know mm -hmm. our, our teammates. Um, yes. But the next step is to then make an official announcement and invite anyone from the startup scene who wants to join. So um, yeah, that's Please tell that's us when idea. that happens because if it's one thing we love to do at Women Tech Makers is to showcase other communities and um, gatherings and meetups and initiatives for that matter yeah. so that's really cool okay so you still yeah. keep this flavor of volunteering and uh, in your life one way yeah. or another besides the plants I, <laughs> I mean i love my job and i love my plants but i mean i do need to socialize more with non-colleagues so i'm trying <laughs> to find new ways of doing that while maybe making an impact so i'm curious is there is there any kind of uh place where our viewers and listeners could keep an eye on maybe on our show, show notes where an announcement could come? Perhaps. I mean, I will definitely let you know when there's something, but as I said, we're only in brainstorming phase now. Nothing is official. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. I will let you guys know and um, hoping that our, as, as our community grows, then we can do something together as well. I think, yeah, bringing in different points of view is, is very, very important. Absolutely. And I think, I think yeah. your idea of, expo of exposure, which is something that seems to sometimes be lacking, is so key. So I think it's really interesting that you're approaching it from this angle, um, this idea of, a, of, of communicating the need for gender, di gender diversity and equality. Yeah. From, yeah. Super cool. Definitely. I really, I, thinking back on 2016, <laughs> Um, I really like that you brought in the community for us back then, the whole topic of startups. It was mm -hmm. uh, something we haven't focused on before, the women in startups. And um, <laughs> since then, I've been also flirting with startups myself and started to understand some of the issues that um, are in that environment. Mm. Um, and the event back then was focused on putting uh, female role models that founded successful companies in Vienna, for example, putting them on stage. And that was mm. great because you had this community, this uh, network that you could bring into the event. And I really enjoyed it. I fondly think about it. And just recently I watched uh, one of the videos, the keynote from back then. Um, and I like that you're still and on the same topic and uh, mixing them together at the same time. Um, can you tell us a little bit what some concrete issues that you see um, mm -hmm. from gender equality perspective in the startup world and potentially 
what do you want to pinpoint with your new endeavor? Mm. So first of all, I think a lot of these initiatives focus on female founders. I think it's absolutely great to support female founders, but I'm not a founder. I'm a woman in tech in a startup and I don't want to be a founder. I, I'm not good at it and I know where my strengths are. And so this would be one of the first, I, I wouldn't call it an issue, but let's say areas that we have identified is that there are a lot of women who are in tech and who are struggling sometimes um, but they're not founders and mm -hmm. there isn't really a specific community or guidelines or a program that supports them as well. You have a lot of mentoring programs for founders, but you don't have mentoring programs for just women in tech. doesn't matter if you're a founder. Um, so that would you be You mean women in tech in startups? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, Sorry, we're so still, yeah, we're yeah, talking okay. about the startups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. That would be the first one. Second one, this would be an issue I would say is startups, of course, came from the US in a way or this concept. And there's this very big mentality of the frat boy wearing a hoodie uh, mm. who's building their startup. And I know that in Europe, it's not as pervasive, but I have the feeling that a lot of times, especially because many startup founders are young, Funnily enough, successful startup founders are not as young as people would expect, but many first time startup founders are young guys and they grow up with this idea that you have to emulate this American style founder. And unfortunately, that also leads sometimes to attitudes or to behaviors that, first of all, are not as common in Europe. Second of all, they may actually discourage a lot more women of joining a company or a startup um, than maybe in the U.S. even, because maybe women are just used to it in the U.S., which is a very sad fact, if it's true. But disclaimer, I'm not sure if this is true. So this would be the second one, is trying to showcase that you can be authentic and you should be authentic in your leadership style and having a balance between a more aggressive masculine way of thinking and a more nurturing feminine way of thinking is actually the best way to move forward because it's mm -hmm. yin and yang it's the balance in the world of you can't just bulldoze your way through things. You, you know, you bulldoze a little bit and then you sweep up the little branches that were not caught by the bulldozer. So very bad analogy, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? So this, this balance between a softer approach and a more aggressive approach can actually cater to a lot more people and it can, it can mm -hmm. help a varied type of people grow. Um, and I see that at any line is um, we have people from so many different cultures, from mm -hmm. America to South Africa to Brazil. Um, so, you know, Romania, really everywhere. And, um, and some of them don't react to a, an aggressive way, but some do because that's what they're used to. So you need to find this balance. Um, and this would be the second part. So let's say a bigger issue that I see that I would like to address. Um, trying to showcase that people believe in authenticity and whether that authenticity is soft, caring, nurturing, or aggressive to the point, uh, yeah, you know, bullish even, that's, 
there is a difference and that's fine if you have different ways of expressing yourself there isn't just one way of behaving for you to be successful yes and being different and being authentic is fine i think that's the that's a very important message which i wanted to underline because what i've experienced in my um, environment so far is women in startup situations as founders or maybe as as members um, taking on this uh, bro culture yeah uh, like trying to be one of the bros and then it just comes out wrong right like you see the authenticity is totally out of the window first of all and then you just see like this mixed signals that you you don't even know what why they behave the way they do and then you start to understand that oh this is the pressure the social pressure of Mm. being in this culture uh that makes you portray some (laughs) skills that you probably don't even have just to look tough just to be included i don't know what it completely is but it was just awkward at the end of the day yeah and this is something that that not only applies to women it applies to men as well there are not Mm. all men have this way of behaving or have this way of leading uh there are many different kinds of people in the world out there it doesn't matter what gender you have um and showcasing the fact that you can be yourself uh is is very important i once uh, we did a leadership course uh last year and i asked the coach whether if this is the only way that I can become a leader, that I have to yell and shout and be super aggressive, then I don't want to do this. And he had so much experience. And I asked him honestly, like, do you believe that I can grow in my role the way I am? Or do I have Mm -hmm. to behave like someone else? Please tell me because then I don't want to go down that path. And he said actually that for every, first of all, you need to be authentic. All leaders in the world have this common trait is that they are authentic. And second is for every one person that is visible and shouting out there, there are a hundred quiet ones in the background who you don't know anything about, who are doing perhaps um, uh, a much better job. So, yeah, and I, that stuck so with true. me and I really believe in that. Yeah, I'm so happy that you brought in the aspect that this is not just affecting women, but all genders yeah uh, also men equally um that don't want to <laughs> or don't fit in the bro culture basically yeah. and at the same time um i see how you worked on yourself to understand uh, to overcome this bro culture societal pressure in a way and discover that I think it's also about what what is woman leadership or what is authentic leadership, right? So I think we are still kind of in transition and the society is trying to understand that. Hopefully we're going to see more amazing women leaders like um, the prime minister in New Zealand has always given us a good example. Mm -hmm. Yacinda, so (laughs) I think you like her too. Yeah. Ramon, what is your take (laughs) on it? Well, something Listening been, to two women talking well, about it. Well, something that's been bubbling in my head a lot as we've as we've been having this conversation is, uh, you know, what the whenever I think of the 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 startup the startup mentality, uh, the phrase "move bra- move fast and break things" comes up, right? Yeah. And how actually toxic that phrase is because there's you know breaking things, breaking 
you know, I, I know it's meant to be cute and like, you know, breaking, <laughs> breaking uh, industries or whatever, but it's also breaking people. It's breaking, you yes, know, very much. I, oh. and what I find interesting is when these, these cultures are called out or not, maybe not called out, but also given feedback, let's say, mm-hmm. how unreceptive they are and how slow to change these are because of hiding, it, it would seem, behind a veneer of something like uh, business as usual, you know? Business is slow, business is hard to change, but I'm young and I wear a hoodie, so move fast and break things, but don't tell me how to change, please. And, I've, yeah. and, and, I'm, and I'm curious because my, my, my experience with startups is very, very minimal just from reading, you know, social media and the news. Mm-hmm. I'm curious given that you've been at this for a while, do you feel that there is some kind of reception to change coming a little more actively lately? Or is that still kind of slow to adapt to different needs, different cultures? Or is this the reason why you're creating a new community? (laughs) (laughs) I can only talk about Austria, Europe a little bit. And I do see that we have a different style of doing things. And it's also it's a combination because of course if most of the startups that are successful have this uh, way of thinking of move fast and break things then of course people are going to think that's the way to go um, because they are successful Um, but i see a lot more our venture capital uh, firm rvc project a from berlin they have a much more holistic way of doing things. They're much more supportive of different ways. Um, they, they encourage you, they want you to grow, but they also care about the founders and the portfolio companies they have. And if you have such a company in the background supporting you, then you are also more confident that you can do things in a different way, which we are trying to do. Um, I, I see that there is a distancing in a way from the American style of having a startup compared to the European style of having a startup. Yes, that may lead to perhaps less unicorns, but it also leads to a better quality of life, to a better happiness of the people, to um, even if you have successes, if you're if you have a, I don't know, a, two, a 1 billion euro exit or a 2 billion euro exit, is that really any different? Like, is there really a difference between that? I mean, it's really, it's, it's difficult to say. In a way, it sounds a bit utopic. Like it's, you know, money is not everything. Of course, money can make your life easier. But um, if there's still a difference. And if you want to have a clear conscience that you did the things the best way you could and people are happy working with you and you've achieved something together as a team, then I think this is very, very different than um, the, the type of culture we perhaps originally saw with startups. And I feel that this is going in the right direction, in at least in Europe, at least in Austria. That's a great answer. Whole, Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I the interrupted. Whole gender, no, no, it's okay. The whole gender topic of why I, start, I want, to, want to start this community is simply because I see a gap um, for communities supporting women who are not founders, but still struggle with um, diversity issues. And that is my main motivation because awesome. I can't go, I can still po- continue women technicers, but again, I'm not really a tech maker, um, even though I align with a lot of the values of women tech makers. I can't go to any 
startup founder female mentorship programs because I'm not a startup founder, um, but I am in a leadership role. I am a woman in tech and I have 20 colleagues who are in my position and who want to grow and who struggle sometimes with dealing with their senior male counterparts or simply with their senior counterparts. And if mm -hmm. I can provide a little bit to help them grow, then I'm super happy with that. So that's my main motivation of why I want to do something. And I want to involve guys in the discussion. I don't want to start talking about women in tech about, you know, only with women because that's only half of the problem. <laughs> like, I want to fix the entire thing, not just half of it. <laughs> that's really inspiring. Thank you Indeed. so much. Well, we've, uh, let's ask Chris one more point about if you have any resources or advice that you want to drop uh, in the podcast for our listeners about the context that you're coming from. And I want to note, mention one point. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, in the past in our conference invited Caitlin Chang and she did a talk um, how to break the Brotopian uh, cycle. Uh, mm. So we want to put that in the show notes because she talks exactly about um, this uh, Brotopian bro culture uh, in her Women Tech Makers Vienna talk. Yeah, so um, I completely agree with that talk. The second one is just gather a lot of knowledge that you can. So for that, I would recommend the book Invisible Women by, um, I think it's Caroline. Maybe you have it, Imi, the, the author. Yeah, because you borrowed it to me. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's Caroline Criado Perez. And uh, it's just, it's enlightening. It's not only about startups, but just general uh, information about how the world is in a way built. And um, just read all the books that you can, uh, even if you don't agree with them. For example, I read Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. I do not yeah. agree with it. It's an interesting book, but it doesn't fit me. And if okay. it doesn't fit you either, that's fine. But it's still an interesting viewpoint to have. Just get a lot of knowledge and then try and make your own opinion about things. I think that's the most important thing. Don't, is... yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Like don't, don't, don't get swayed in a direction. Like try and read the opposite of it. If it's, you know, it reminded me of one video from the school of life. And one video was why you should have children. And then one week later they uploaded another video and the video was why you shouldn't have children. And that's kind of the exact thing. Like you have to look at one, two sides of the same coin because only then can you form your own opinion about things. So I think that's very important, regardless of what you read, always read the opposite. Yeah. Very <laughs> awesome advice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. It, it has been indeed. an absolute pleasure to have you, Chris. Um, before we let you, you go, we'd love to ask, um, is there anywhere where our listeners and viewers can follow you or follow your work? That you would I'm like to give be, a shout out? I'm going to sound super corporate now, but LinkedIn is the, the, my, my social media of choice at the moment. We'll link or that Instagram then. Instagram if you want to see my plans. So There we go. Oh, we'll link both of <laughs> nice those in invite. the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks well, a lot. It's been a pleasure this. talking to you guys. Thank you so much for the invitation. and super, super happy to be the first one on your podcast. I'm very excited. The pleasure is all ours. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. It was very lovely. And thank you to all our podcast listeners. Uh, this was a flavor of one of our podcasts with actual, with having a guest over. 
So we're very happy and um, stay tuned. See Bye. you next time. Bye. Are you on the forefront of gender equality? You are invited on our podcast. That's right. Or maybe you know somebody that we could have a chat with on gender equality. You should totally get in touch with us. We're on Twitter at Gender Coffee or any of the other contact methods on our show notes. We would love to you to get in touch and for us to have a chat.